We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entering the Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Today, Fantasy Football 2022, continuing our intro to Fantasy Football. If you've missed any of the other shows so far, hit the description and subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Turn on your notifications, and boom, you get them right away. Smash like this video, by the way. Jeff Radcliffe from FTN Network is going to be joining me very briefly to continue our conversation about the intro to Fantasy Football. We've already been through a lot of the DraftKings ADPs so far and how drafts are going, but now we need to talk about guys that are going way too highly in drafts, how you're drafting tight ends, and overall draft strategy to get you prepared of what's going on right now. Obviously, a lot of this is going to change over the course of the next two months, but you having this information now is going to allow you to track that to best adjust your overall strategy to win your fantasy football leagues this year. So without any further ado, smash that like, by the way, here's Jeff Radcliffe. talk about a few hype players so far this season you brought up at least early in draft season that people are glomming onto and their ADPs have skyrocketed to a point where I look at him like really that seems super high and Brennan Cooks was a good one to talk about because I mentioned that he was coming in at number 60 in ADP Jerry Judy is right there I kind of get that but I start like looking around Darnell Mooney is coming in at number 64 sometimes I I get that there is the potential for him to be this guy that gets 30% of the targets and whatever might come along with that. But you just mentioned like, yo, Kenny Pickett. No one likes Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett sucks. He's not going to be able to do anything. What did we see from Justin Fields to think (laughs) that he would be able to sustain? Like, this feels like 30 picks too early. I get why this is just way too high. And their offensive line might be the worst in the NFL. So Justin Fields is going to be running for his life. 
Uh, Pat, I, I I have this thing I call Dave Matthews Band players, and and here's what it means. Oh, that's they, actually not uh, much to do with that, Dave Matthews. Does band. that mean they suck like Dave Matthews Band? No, no, no. When I was in college many moons ago in the late '90s and early uh, aughts, uh, everybody I knew liked Dave Matthews Band, but I don't think most of them like Dave Matthews Band. They just like Dave Matthews Band because everybody else liked Dave Matthews Band. There are players that everybody likes and they don't know why they like them. And Dar- Darnell Mooney is one of those players for me right now. I, I am trying to be very critical of Darnell Mooney, the type of player he is, the role that people are expecting for him and how unreasonable that role is. Darnell Mooney is a number two. And that to me is not a knock. The NFL needs good number two receivers. And he was that last year for this team. He was playing alongside a true alpha, Allen Robinson, a true X receiver, a true number one guy. That is not the case this year. They drafted Valus Jones Jr. Who, <laughs> who's, 30, you know, who's, who's, who's our age? <laughs> yeah, much made about that. Yeah, he's up with our age. Um, he'll, he'll be an AR, AARP pretty soon, but they did not replace an X receiver. They don't have that. So they're going to be kind of miscast with two speedy downfield guys with a quarterback who's going to be running for his life. And I think a lot of people are pointing to, you know, the rebuttal to that. I've heard people say, oh, well, look at the games that he played last year. Mooney played last year without Robinson on the field. And yes, he did perform well in those games. But guess what? They were against some of the worst secondaries in the league. So still more context is necessary when we evaluate if you're viewing Darnell Mooney as a wide receiver too, that's really ambitious. I could see a back end wide receiver three, like, you know, basically where you just mentioned where you would think he would go, Pat, is really where I have him going because he does have upside. Yes, any given week he can give you that bang for your buck. But I mean, you're drafting a guy as a wide receiver too, a top 25 guy. He's going to have to produce more consistently than I think Mooney can do in that offense. And I think that the argument for him is you see these flashes of upside. He's a downfield receiver. Essentially the same case that I just laid out for Brandon Cooks, I think people are applying to Darnell Mooney. The difference is I know Cooks is good. Yeah. And they're going four picks apart. Yeah. Mooney is one season of production. Cooks has done it year in and year out. Uh, Totally different scenarios here. And, and hey, I mean, honestly, ultimately, I could be wrong here in, in my evaluation, and he could just be a 25-plus percent target share guy, goes out and has 95 catches this year, and okay. But the process, to me, is, is not about, you know, evaluating just at the, the player uh, based on one season. It's evaluating much more than that. And, yes, one season of upside, sure, uh, but also now he's going to be the number one. He's not the number two. He's going to, he's an undersized guy to do it, to play in that role. It is a new offense too, by the way, that they're going to be running there because obviously they had the the regime change and that could help, but it also could be that the ball gets spread around more. There's so many variables at play that whenever you're overly ambitious with those types of players, I've rarely seen that work out over the years, Pat, these hype players, everybody loves them. You know what happens on draft day. You're in that backyard. You got the big board up there with the multicolor stickers and whoever saunters up there to put Darnell Mooney's sticker on the board. Nice pick, bro. Right. Ooh, you snipe me. It's sexy, but is that really going to win you a fantasy championship? Sexy's never won me a fantasy championship. Looking at the run the Sims.com baseline projections right now, it's a 20% market share that factors out to wide receiver number 42 in PPR points for Darnell Mooney. Let's be generous and give him that 27 benefit. Like we gave Brennan cooks. 
that moves him up to wide receiver number 23. It's not cutting it. Wow. Wow. That's big. It's a big I mean, ju- that's a lot of targets. That's like, I mean, it's big that he he can't even crack the top 20 with a 27% target share. That should be really tough. It's very eye-opening. They, that, 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 that's exactly what I wanted to hammer down on that. Like everything, so much needs, he needs to have the volume plus everything needs to go right. Fields takes this leap. It's not out of the question, like you said, but when we think about it on the range of outcomes, that's that bell curve is pretty flat towards that side. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. I, you know, take that one, <laughs> take that one right there and just write that down. If you're watching this or listening to this right now, just write it down there's nothing wrong with him too. Like, you know, people, they, they misconstrue the message a lot of times from, from me and from other folks in this job. Like that, the message isn't, he sucks or anything like that. The message is here's where his mid range is and everybody is drafting him in as at his ceiling right now. Let's maybe move him to his mid range and, and view him as that player. That way, if they do reach their ceiling, you get the ROI. But if, if you draft him at a ceiling and he doesn't, hit his ceiling you lose you, you it's it's a negative return on investment that you know that's that's not what we want to accomplish in our drafts to do the same exercises before higgins versus chase and percentage of who outscores who if i gave you darnell mooney and christian kirk on the jags what would be that Ooh. split 55 45 for mooney yeah it's pretty close yeah it's something like that because i do think sunshine is going to take a step forward trevor lawrence going to take a step forward this year really believe in the stability of Doug Peterson, you know, that it's a, it's a night and day difference from, you know, temperament from going from Urban Meyer and Urban Meyer, of course, train wreck. We could say this all day long, but you bring in a, a guy who is a player's coach, a quarter, a former NFL quarterback, a guy who has worked with some very good quarterbacks over the course of his career to, te- to have him take a step forward. And then you bring in a receiver who can get downfield for you. who can make plays all over the place along with not only having that, but you brought in, Oh, we had Marvin Jones, but you brought in Zay Jones again. I, I number three receivers, like you got to have a decent number three receiver. You get a Tim Patrick, you get a Zay Jones, uh, and then by the way, everybody, yeah, I'm sorry, Lavisca Chenault, uh, the stock just <laughs> continues to plummet. I'm sorry, but I, yeah, I think there's a very real world where Christian Kirk is a you know top thirty guy and Mooney isn't. So yeah, I'd, I'd say Mooney still has the edge, but it's pretty darn close. So in terms of DraftKings ADP, here are guys that are going, wide receivers going 25 to 35 picks after Darnell Mooney. And this is the class that I think that he should be in right now. You have, let's see here, Brandon Ayuk, Alan Lazard, Tyler Lockett, Russell Gage, Christian Kirk, Chris Olave. They're all in that mix. So I feel like that's where he should be. And if you put him in with those guys, now we're having a real conversation. Do I like Mooney better than those guys? And the answer might be yes to that. Then he's a good value. But 30 picks before that with the guys he's going around right now, it just seems nonsensical to me. Yeah, I'm probably a little higher, but you know, I, I guess the the one player out of that group who would be in the conversation though is Tyler Lockett. You know, it's the same thing you just mentioned. I don't care who his quarterback is. I mean, yes, it's it's going to be bad if it's Geno Smith. It's going to be bad if it's Locke. But, you know, there's rumblings that it could still be Baker Mayfield. There are rumblings, by the way, and it could get worse that it could be Cam Newton as well. Like he, Cam Newton is on two teams' radars right now. It's the Panthers and the Seahawks. And, man, uh, this is a guy who only a couple years ago with the Patriots had eight passing touchdowns in basically a full season of work and still managed to be quarterback 15 in fantasy, by the way. But uh, that would really tank Lockett. But, you know, if it's Lock, Lockett's a value right now. 
yes, I know the market's down on him, but uh, as far as like, you know, some of those other guys, Lazard, I'm really, I'm, I'm so cautious with Green Bay. I just don't quite know where they're going to go. I mean, we, we haven't been able to get a read on it because Aaron Rodgers hasn't been there. He will be there for mandatory minicamp this week, which is good. But that'll be the first time he works with rookie Christian Watson. It'll be the first time he works with Sammy Watkins, who, you know, people seemingly, I guess, forget that is on that depth chart. Uh, it, it could be Alan Lazard is the number one receiver for that team. Whoever it is, is going to dramatically outplay their ADP. But we just don't have a good read on it yet. But I, I think I guess I'd have him just a little bit higher, maybe the next tier up. Like guys like Marquise Brown in that type of tier, as opposed to maybe guys like Alave and, and Alan Lazard. Well, the Saints situation is just very difficult to figure out. Do you have any read on Michael Thomas this season? Yeah, well, <laughs> there's already smoke when you have your head coach coming out and saying, well, we don't know exactly when he's going to be out there. That's not good. I mean, we're, you know, what, a month and a half, close to a month and a half out from training camp. We are hearing that Jarvis Landry is just dominating suckers at OTAs, which doesn't surprise me. Jarvis is now, you know, north of 30, but he's he's a very good football player. But does that happen if Thomas is out there? Pro- probably not. I mean, Thomas, you would figure, would have to get a bulk of the targets. Jameis Winston is still not quite there. Like, he's taking full-speed dropbacks, but he can't run. You know, so there's no rollouts or anything like that. So, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces there. What we do know, though, is Chris Olave so silky smooth, man. He's not the athlete of his college teammate, Garrett Wilson, but he's no slouch. I mean, he still ran 4-3. I say he's not the athlete of that kid. That's a compliment to, to Wilson. But Olave, man, he, I just he's so much fun to watch. And we know that Jeff Ireland, the Saints general manager, just straight up said, like, he checked every box with the exception of maybe the – the side, like the, the the muscular build, because he's not there yet. But they they coveted him, and that's why they took him where they did. And I, I think he's going to long term be be quite good. But this year could be, like you said, it could be tricky. Last guy in terms of hype, the one with the most hype right now, jumping a level before actually accomplishing anything. People are just projecting that in to what he's going to do this year. Michael Pittman's now going at pick number thirty three. That. I get it. I get every reason why this is a big-time breakout for Michael Pittman. But are we sure Matt Ryan is good? I'm not. And it feels like you're buying up a lot of this upside. Now, could he be wide receiver one? Yeah, why not? But let's just say that's possibly in his future. I don't think that it's in his future. I would see mid-range wide receiver two. That seems about right. Not where he's being drafted at the moment. I'm only a couple spots behind in ranking. So I have him at wide receiver 15, but I have him. So it puts him at 35 overall. So I, I'm, I'm actually aligned with this. It's a matter of available targets in that offense. So right now you look again, we just sort of made this argument about Brandon cooks, right? So look at the depth chart depth chart currently has uh Paris Campbell at, as the slot receiver and very likely rookie out of Cincinnati, Alec Pierce as their, uh, there are other receiver besides oh, Pittman. Don't forget, you got my guy, Kiki Cutie. He's stepping onto the team. He's going to have Kiki like- Cutie has only historically played well against one team. The Colts. And that's the team he's on. <laughs> well, so. may, may, maybe it was just a Colts association that just being on the team now, every game is going to be a great game. And he's going to have- So you put the uniform on and then it happens. Exactly. It's well, like a superhero thing. He'll, um, he'll have his 11 yeah. catches on 13 targets for 38 yards and he's going to move on. And you also have, I mean- I. I Maybe it was a Carson Wentz thing, but who was the random jabroni who kept catching touchdowns for them last year? Doolin. 
Like, that guy just pops up out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but I, I'm not buying it. I think they're really trying to position Alec Pierce to be that number two. In fact, Frank Reich has, has said as much, but you have a rookie out there. You have a, you don't have the 16 tight ends that you had in the past. Jack Doyle retired, so you do have Molly Cox. Um, Jelani Woods is a converted quarterback who they drafted at tight end. Very athletic kid, but it's going to take him some time. So there's a lot of available targets there. And if Matt Ryan is even half as good as all of the cliche tropisms that come out of uh, have come out of OTAs for the team, then they're going to be just fine. And, and it's not like, you know, people are, are saying, well, breakout year for him. He had 88 catches last year. It's not like he, he hasn't already, he broke out. You have the run after catch ability with him, the big body year three here, finally two for him. I, I don't know. I'm actually, I'm buying on him. Maybe though, to reiterate what I said a little bit earlier, maybe we're drafting yeah closer to his ceiling. But the floor is still pretty high for him in that offense as well. Oh, I completely agree about that. But it feels like he should be going 10 to 15 picks later with that group of okay. wide receivers rather than the still available quarterbacks or potential high-end tight ends. Like, he and Kyle Pitts are going back-to-back. In no world am I taking Pittman over Pitts. In best ball, for sure. In anything. Usually in redraft. Sure. Unless, unless I already have a tight end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do in best ball. I do like to get one of those top end guys. I don't feel the need in redraft as much because, you know, in best ball, you take out that, that human element of start sit decisions where in a lot of our redraft leagues, a lot of our opponents are going to overthink that and make bad decisions week in and week out. And that's where we can gain an advantage on them. You just can't do that obviously in best ball because it's all automatic. So I do like to have those guys like Kyle Pitts is just, such a monster. I don't care who's throwing him the football this year. Such a monster. So I would, you know, in a lot of leagues, I want to get exposure to Kelsey. Well, Kelsey's price point, though. Man, first-round pick on this dude. Uh, but Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, so try to have a lot of exposure to those guys. Like, why is Michael Pittman so much better than Deontay Johnson, who we just talked about? Well, I don't have – I have Johnson ranked ahead of Pittman. So right, and Johnson's I, going 8 to 10 picks after Michael Pittman right now. I think people are reading t- – these were probably the same folks who tried to talk themselves into not drafting Najee Harris last year because of the offensive line, not being good. It did. It's volume volume trumps everything. He had 380 plus touches last year. So of course he was just fine. And Johnson's going to be in the same situation this year. He's going to like, as out was Harris where people are going to doubt him because of situation and he's still going to see plenty of volume. So now I actually have, I have Johnson as my wide receiver 12. So a couple spots ahead of Pittman. I just did a boost up on Pittman's target share to see where he would come out. He was already inside the top 20. So it's not like, again, this is the difference between, I don't think this guy is bad. I just think he's potentially overvalued at the moment. Mm -hmm. Maybe the swings back. I boosted his market share of targets to 25%. So one fourth of the targets on this team now going to Michael Pittman achievable. Absolutely. That is within a realistic range of outcomes. I think, I personally think it'll be lower than that, but listen, I'm wrong about everything. So this wouldn't be the first time I'd be wrong about this. That makes him wide receiver 12 for the season. And that's about where he's being drafted. I had to boost up his market share that when I talk about buying at the ceiling, it does feel like you're buying at the ceiling right now. Like there's no wiggle room here. Yeah. I could see that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, the one thing, though, too, is in that spot, well, I guess it probably doesn't work in that spot where he's going because I'm trying to think of like my my thought always is if I'm getting a guy there, how can I get him as my third receiver? (laughs) But it just won't work. The math won't work. He's got to go a little bit later to possibly slide to that fourth round. The the only I do like attacking it. The only way that you could really do that based on how everything is shaking out right now, you would have to go Jamar Chase pick number four. And then mm-hmm. Mike Evans, then Michael Pittman. Those would have to be your first three picks based on the ADPs at the moment. Yeah. I mean, maybe in a, in a home league, a, you know, redraft league, I wouldn't mind doing something like that just to experiment. But I don't really typically build that way in a lot of best balls. If your dad's a golfer, a golf fan, or if he appreciates a great scotch whiskey, Doors has the best gift idea ever especially since the last day of the 122nd U.S. Open, is Father's Day. This year, ace Father's Day by giving Dad a custom bottle of Dewar's with your own personalized message on the label. A gift this epic is fairly easy, too. Just visit Dewar's.com to draft a message. Dewar's will then mail your bottle or two free labels right to your door. As simple as that. You've just won gifting for pretty much forever. If you ask nice, Dad may even share a little with you after a round or two. Visit Doers.com right now and create a custom label that will make Dad's Day and help cement your reputation as gift-giving champion. From Doers, the official Scotch whiskey of the 122nd U.S. Open. If you're listening to me, you're probably not the smartest person going. That's why you've got to check out Titan. As everyday investors, the cards have been stacked against us. We've been given access to this marketplace of stocks, but we're competing against institutional investors with unlimited resources. We're simply told to invest in the S&P 500 and be happy with the conservative average. With Titan, you get access to similar strategies to those in the 1% without having to be ultra-wealthy or pay hefty fees. All it takes is $100 to get started. Deposit your money, select which of their portfolios you want to invest in, that's it. And now Titan's bringing their knowledge and expertly manage crypto portfolio. Let their team, who eats, sleeps, and breathes crypto, probably not good for your lungs, do the research and invest in this fast-growing asset class for you. 
Titan aims to grow your investments at least 15% annually net of fees, which means doubling your net wealth every single five years. I haven't had a chance to try Titan yet, but I have to say, sounds pretty awesome. Check out Titan if you want to aim to become the smartest, wealthiest investor you've ever been. So head to titan.com slash mayo to get $50 when you invest with Titan. You must go to this URL or you will not get that $50. They won't know that we sent you. That's $50 when you go to titan.com slash mayo and invest with Titan. This is a paid partnership with Titan. At the time of this publication, I am not yet invested in Titan strategies. Well, let's talk about tight ends as the last thing. They will be overvalued a little bit in best ball leagues. Like you mentioned, you take away that start-sit element. I do think that in terms of Joe Pisa Pisa always, always points this out in the Fantasy Black Book, that value-based drafting tight ends, if you get it right, are not necessarily a cheat code to winning, but they give you such a substantial edge over. Like if you think about it in a 2v2, process like here's your quarterback here's your tight end here's the amount of points that they score every single week like yeah you could have josh allen he could be number one overall but you end up with some dud tight end who scores four points a week the difference between Derek carr and travis kelsey all of a sudden becomes pretty huge if you have that combination instead that's why tight ends get drafted near the top so the way that we're looking at it right now travis kelsey is going at pick number nine overall mark andrews is going at pick number 18 overall then you have kyle pitts at pick number 32, and George Kittle, who I probably missed somewhere along the lines. No, he's going at pick number 43. Those are your top four guys. I think I have the most interest in Pitts this year. This is exactly where he was going last year, and he had a great season with horrible touchdown numbers. And yeah, you could say that there's a downgrade at quarterback in Atlanta, but is there? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's you, either Mariota uh, or Desmond Ritter. I mean, I'd call that a downgrade. I mean, maybe based on how Matt Ryan played last year, a guy, I think putting a more mobile quarterback behind this line when Matt Ryan had no time to throw last year, constantly turning the ball over, constantly people in his face, having someone who can extend a player or two in the red zone might not hurt Kyle Pitts's overall touchdown production. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. It's it, it the the beauty to it is the only direction his efficiency can go is up. <laughs> so there's that, and and I I like the fact that some people maybe grab hold of the the touchdowns and overvalue that aspect to him. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I wouldn't call those guys an upgrade. But here's the, here's the thing that I keep going back to: Arthur Smith figured out how to use Cordero Patterson. So in, in my book, you know, he's always going to be high up there for that alone you know it seemed like the lowest hanging fruit but nobody could ever figure it out and he finally did so maybe i know he has already worked with marcus mariota early in his career maybe he figures out how to finally unleash his potential as a runner we know how good he was at the college level it just never translated i mean i guess we saw glimpses of it when he was with the raiders but it didn't translate when he was in tennessee so that can help the fact that they do actually you know, they brought in uh, Algier at running back. I think that can help a little bit too. And Drake London brings, you know, taking some pressure off. They have a basketball team at wide receiver. All, all three of their starting wide receivers are six foot three. And then they have Pitts at six foot six. So basically, you just got to throw the ball up if you're Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter, who ends, ever ends up being the, the, the starter throughout the season. 
So the way the projections work out on those four guys right now, baseline, Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, and Pitts. So Pitts comes in at number four uh, of that grouping. But that's only with five touchdowns. That's projecting Kittle at seven, Andrews at nine, and Kelsey at ten. Like, if you can just boost him up to eight touchdowns, all of a sudden, like, <laughs> he's in the neighborhood of potentially challenging to be the number one guy. Because we did see a bit of deterioration from Travis Kelsey a year ago, where... Obviously, he didn't finish as the number one tight end for the first time in ages, but we just saw stretches during the season. I don't know if he was hurt, if the offense was just designed to go other places to get him some more rest, but he wasn't the week-to-week consistent guy that he had been for the previous five, six seasons. He was a bit more up and down, which we were not used to. The upside, most obviously, still there and the best at the position week-to-week in terms of that upside. When you're linked with Patrick Mahomes, that's just going to happen. But if these Atlanta quarterbacks are semi decent the case that's been made for Pittman for Mooney for Cooks like why can't we make that case for Kyle Pitts in this offense is Zacchaeus you sweating him well no it Zacchaeus is going to be the number four (laughs) right because they they have Drake London they brought in uh Brian Edwards as well and I know he flamed out with the Raiders but I I don't know I I still think there's at least a chance you know the old Jim Carrey I'm telling you there's a chance for Brian Edwards so Either way, though, yeah, he, he, Kyle Pitts is the the top target in the offense. There's no doubt about it. Um, I guess eight touchdowns is a lot, man. Eight touchdowns is a lot for a tight end. I will say that. So that's probably the peak end of of his production. But that peak end certainly could be in the mix for the number one guy. Like he's in the elite conversation this year for sure. And you really have that as Kelsey Andrews and and Pitts for me. I don't have Kittle in that elite conversation. I have him in the next tier, the very, very good tier, but not in that big three conversation. You don't anticipate Mark Andrews taking a step back at all this year? Well, he has to. He had an incredible year, but a step back can still be very, very good. Sure, but being drafted as the number two tight end, like, do you think it's more plausible that he finishes as tight end two or tight end six? Tight end two. Really? I do. Yes. They traded away their, the the other top target in that offense. So they're basically banking on Rashad Bateman to hopefully take a step forward. Then after that, it's James Prochet, Devin Duvernay, Tylen Wallace. That's their depth chart at wide receiver. So Andrews, who basically is a gigantic wide receiver, is the top target. And in an offense, that's going to run the ball a ton, of course he's still going to get his. And, and so, no, I have no worries about him. So I mean, this dude is so good. Agreed. But I feel like we saw his peak season a year ago. And with the way that Baltimore wants to run the ball and can run the ball, and with Andrews being a large part of that as well, like how significant he is to their running game, that there's just going to be weeks where he might leave you high and dry. And although he might end up with a 25% target share on this team, they're just probably going to pass a lot less than a lot of teams. I mean, we did see his best season, but to be fair, again, it was one of the best tight end seasons in the history of the NFL. So, yeah, of course he's going to come down. But heck, I mean, you know, I have the numbers in front of me. The year before when, you know, 2020, when people thought he was a disappointment, here are the numbers from a disappointment. 58 catches, 701 and seven touchdowns. That's still a very good year. That's really more like that tight end six type number that you're talking about the year before that he had the 10 touchdowns in Lamar's breakout year, the 36 touchdown pass year from Lamar Jackson. 
I just think we're now kind of in a baseline with him where, you know, now he's just going to start rolling. It's 90 catches a year. It's a thousand, 1100, it's seven, eight, nine touchdowns a year. And you just set your watch to that production at a position that's so tricky to do. So like, even if you just go down the list, like we already start having concerns with Kittle. Now it's not a production concern. It's more of an injury concern. Darren Waller, our concern is Devonte Adams, right? Eating up targets, TJ Hawkinson. Well, the wide receivers got better there. There's fewer targets to go around and he's gotten hurt in each of his two seasons. Dallas Goddard. They brought in AJ Brown, Dalton Schultz. They, you know, CD lamb's going to dominate targets there. Uh, Dawson Knox. We just talked about all the mouths to feed Zach Ertz. He's old, um, you know, and then we're out of the top 10 already just that quickly. So yeah, I think Andrews is still, you know, this is like a baseline for him now. I guess the point that I did not articulate well enough here for him. I mean, that baseline is pretty good, which you pointed out. And even his down year, the tight end six year, is still a fantastic year at tight end. You would want that on your team. But if you're pressed right now, back end of the second round, which at pick 18 is where he is going, middle of the second round, I'll just give you some options here. Who would you rather draft right now in a season-long fantasy league? Mark Andrews or Aaron Jones? Not Aaron Jones. Um... Because I won't draft a running back in that range. No, no running back. So you wouldn't take Leonard Fournette. If you either. said you said season long, you didn't say best ball, right? No, no, I said so se- I'm going long. You're not taking any so running back. Punt. I'm going to punt the second running back spot until later in the draft. What if you didn't get a running back in the first round? Yeah, well, then I would have a hard decision. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's throw Leonard Fournette is going. These are all the guys that are going after Mark Andrews currently. So well, I would take Leonard Fournette ahead of Aaron Jones for what it's worth. Okay, so you would take Leonard Fournette over Mark Andrews, presumably, if you needed the yes. if you felt like oh, you yes, needed a running back. Okay, Mike Evans, would, yeah. Mike Evans or Mark Andrews? Uh, you know, I would probably lean Mike Evans. Would you? I feel w- like Andrews is better suited, like very, very, very back of the second round. Would you rather take Tyreek Hill or Mark Andrews? Um, boy, that's a tough one. Because Tyreek, yeah, I have Tyreek Hill one spot ahead. AJ Brown so, or Mark Andrews? That's where I would almost have to go. Brown or uh, go Edwards? I have Brown one spot behind Andrews now. All right. So the other receivers, and we, I just, I filtered out all the running backs there in the quarter, and Josh Allen's going there too. Who I would take Mark Andrews over Josh Allen, but Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, uh, and Michael Pittman, are, and Mike Williams are the next receivers off the board. Now we're talking like fifteen picks later. No, and you know the thing that the nice thing though that usually happens, and here's me dodging the question, <laughs> is that the tight end goes just earlier than I want to draft him. So I almost very rarely, if you set your board up the right way you don't often have to face those sorts of decisions as opposed to, you know, you go and you grab rankings from, you know, Pat and his team, you grab rankings from FTN and mine or you wherever, wherever your free rankings, your ESPN, Mike Clay rankings or whatever. Those rankings are typically set up and they create situations for people where they have to make decisions as opposed to I, I draft with my draft board. So I will move players around. Like, so if I'm not willing to draft Mark Andrews where he's going at ADP, I know that's an advantage of mine because he's going to be on my board lower than where he is in ADP. So a league mate of mine will make that decision for me. They're going to draft Andrews before I even have to think about it. So, so I do this too, in terms of my rankings, I draft my like top 150 rankings, which will be coming out probably at the very beginning of July. I like to wait a little bit and have these conversations first so I can really let it gestate inside of me. And I'll talk it through with someone on the show to figure it out. But 
I try to set up my rankings in the same way. Like, where would I draft these guys? Like, realistically, where would I draft them? And I feel like people don't understand that a lot of the time. You're like, well, you, you have Mark Andrews ranked at number 27. It's like, well, that's where I would take him. I know he's not going there. That means I'm not drafting him. But sometimes yeah. that's difficult for people to figure out in terms of rankings overall because like I'll have certain guys who are way lower way up the board at like number 50 or number 64 like knowing the ADP and where these guys are going helps a lot with this be like that it's an indication within my rankings to be like here's a guy that I am reaching for you don't necessarily need to reach out at this spot you might be able to wait around on this guy if you know exactly where they're going but it's also an indication like hey I'm not taking this guy where he's going leave those guys for someone else but that can become very confusing if you're not explaining that every time and someone just stumbles upon your rankings yeah, there's a subjective art to rankings. Like projections isn't really an art. You're just running a whole bunch of averages, right? And then you can take those as a baseline and realize that within the average, what isn't reflected is ceiling and floor. And that's where you use your own subjective ideas to reshape it and move certain guys up, move certain guys down, or how you want to build your roster. That can be embedded in, in your ranking slash your draft board. All of that is there. You know, uh, Sean uh, Kerner, who is over at Action Network, once described it this way, and I thought it was a great way of putting it. He said, you know, with projections specifically, but we could talk about any of this stuff this way. He said, it's like flying a plane, you know, autopilot when you're in the air. Autopilot, what, 90% of the time, 95% of the time. But you don't autopilot when you take off or when you land. Like, you need an actual human being to do that. Well, a human being should be involved ultimately to, to construct the, the rankings, the draft board, the stuff that you're actually going to use on draft day, not just projections. Projections are very important. They are a huge part of it. They're like three quarters of the process, if not more for me. And, and I'm sure for you as well, Pat, but you do have to put in your own ideas. As we said earlier, hey, we were all just drafting off the same stuff. I don't know how we get an advantage if we're all just doing the same exact thing. This is how you gain an advantage by using your own subjective ideas. Jeff Radcliffe, follow him on the Twitter machine at Jeff Radcliffe. What do you have out so far at FTM Fantasy and what should be uh, we expecting coming up very soon? Sure. Yeah, so much. Uh, rankings, projections, all that fun stuff's been up there for a while. If you still want to circle back to the rookie guide, we have that there. It's It's really geared towards dynasty leagues, but you can... Get full profiles on all of this year's class to get up to speed if you haven't been paying that much attention for your redraft leagues. My draft guide will be coming out in a few weeks here. Oh, boy. Still have a lot to write there. But uh, if you want to get behind a paywall, the Platinum subscription, use the promo code RATPACK, R-A-T-P-A-C-K, for 20% off. It's a great deal. I'm cheap. I love saving money, and this is a great way to save some money. There you go. You can go to runthesims.com completely free for your season-long and best ball NFL projections. Right now, just type in your email address, and boom, you have yourself an account, and you can save all your projections along the way. Again, that's runthesims.com. Check out the Mayo Media Network for more fantasy football coverage, and Celia and I went through everything with the rookies. So far, you can find that down in the description. There's brand new football more to come very soon so stay on the network and check that out and set those reminders smash the like on the way out too and of course the pat mayo experience audio podcast fees where you can find a lot of this stuff i'm pat mayo thank you all for watching i'll see you next time experience experience 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.